collaborate and listen, because the Lockdown Corner is back with a brand new edition. Welcome in. As always, with me today, we got Alec and Dustin. Today, we are going to talk some news and notes, as of course, and we have a fun surprise segment in store for all of Lockdown Nation. But first, let's get to business. Please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with your moms, your dads, your aunts, your uncles, everyone. Spread the word. Please rate, subscribe, and review. And you can always follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, you can find us at Corner Lockdown. But let's get right into it as a little bit of news broke today. It might be news. It might not be news. We actually don't know yet. Russell Wilson, is there a trade coming? Today it was reported that if a trade is being entertained by Seattle, he only wants to play for the Dallas Cowboys, the Chicago Bears, the New Orleans Saints, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Fellas, kind of a shocker, although we did talk last week about how Russell Wilson seemed to be a little unhappy. He wants a little more power, wants a little more say. So, Alec, I'll go to you first. Are you surprised that – well, first I should ask you, is Russell Wilson on the trade block? Do you think this is real smoke? Or are you surprised that this is smoke? Well – I am surprised, but there's a part of me that says, nah, this ain't going to happen. It can happen. Like Wilson's a Seahawk. It's, it, he's going to be there for the rest of his career. But there's a much larger part of me that's saying, that man is going to be in New Orleans next year. I'm telling you this right now. You heard Whoa. it first here. Russell Wilson will be a saint next season. My and him eyebrows and Michael- were singed. I don't have eyebrows <laughs> anymore. That is one of the hottest takes. <laughs> He's going to go down there. He's going to take a pay cut. He's going to play with Elvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, and he's going to lead that Saints team to an NFC championship <laughs> loss against Green Bay. But I am so surprised. I, I, I look at that duo, him and Pete Carroll in Seattle, and I think, oh, yeah, that's a that's a lifer, but – I don't know. More that I think about it, the more that I am tempted to say he's going to be a saint. What do you think, Dustin? You know, I I've heard you say some pretty stupid things in life, Alec. For the fifteen years I've known you, but oh my god, that might have topped it. You're like Ray Finkel, man, wide left. You missed it on that one. I do not think he's going anywhere. He's definitely going to stay in Seattle. I mean, how do you trade away your franchise quarterback? to anyone i mean you just don't do it like i understand he's probably frustrated as i mean he should be i mean his offense line was atrocious to say the best i think they'll give him more power they'll make things work and i think that seahawks are going to come better revamp next year i kind of agree i don't if he does get traded i actually if if big if if he does get traded i kind of see new orleans they're going to be desperate i don't they got Jameis will Jameis Wilson, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. They have Jameis Winston. I can't even get his name right. Jameis Winston, who I think is a good quarterback, but is he the future in New Orleans? Maybe, but why settle for Jameis when you can try and trade for Russell Wilson? I'm not saying it's going to happen because I actually agree with Dustin. I don't think he's going anywhere. Why in the world would Seattle be like, 31-year-old quarterback, probably was the MVP through eight weeks last week. Mm, Not thanks. You're done. Get out of here. We don't want you. You want that, power? Forget that. You're not getting any power. I just – I have a tough time believing that 
Seattle would even entertain it. But all the reports today are saying that all of a sudden, this might be an actual possibility. So who actually knows? But I find it interesting that all of the teams that he listed were in big cities. Now, I'm just speculating. Would you two be surprised if his wife, Mrs. Popstar, got in his ear and said, Hey, Ralph, I don't want to live in Seattle. Like, you want to go to Dallas or Chicago or New Orleans or Las Vegas or something? I don't know. And that's a terrible Sierra. She doesn't sound anything like that. I want to make that clear. But I, I kind of wonder if this is the wife in his ear like, hey, Seattle's fine, but it's no New Orleans. It's no Vegas. But no one actually knows anything. Now, here's the thing. I think you guys are giving the Seahawks organization way too much credit. I think that they fooled you like they fooled a lot of the NFL community into thinking that they're a well-run franchise. Let me tell you something. Before Russell Wilson got there, they were garbage. Okay. Not a they fan of Matt Hasselbeck? Not, they did not. <laughs> no. Matt Hasselbeck years were nothing but slightly above mediocre. They were good teams that were put around him. And he was not a superstar. They brought in, they went from going nine and seven, seven and nine, nine and seven, seven and nine, to finally having some good years with Russ. And, and it kind of tricked everybody into thinking, oh, wow, this franchise has turned a corner. They won a Super Bowl. They went back. Well, guess what? That's all Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going to leave now. They're going to get Jameis Winston and a few picks. And Bon voyage. He's going down and having some crab legs in Louisiana. Now, as far as Sierra pulling the strings behind the scenes, I don't know, man. Happy life, happy life is what they tell me. I'm not married, but people say that. So there's got to be something to it. It could be, or or it could be just that he's fed up with uh, with the poorly run organization that he's been holding up uh, on his back for the past however many years he's been in the league. You know, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Dusty? I think the only guy eating crab legs in New Orleans is Jameis Winston. We all know he gets them when he wants them. Okay. <laughs> I th- I think you're wrong. I think Seattle is a good organization. I mean. You got to look at it. Like you said, yes, they are not the team they want to be right now. But you look at who they drafted to get to that point with Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas. Um, I can't remember the other corner. Of the, I know his last name's Elaine. I can't remember his first name. But they drafted all those guys built on them. I mean, they. I think they're a good organization. I think they know what they're doing. I think they can make a turn. I just I don't see them going to New Orleans, especially with New Orleans' horrible salary cap situation right now. I think they're like 50 some million under the cap. Like it's bad. They're going to have to cut like they're half of their team. So I don't think they're making it run anytime soon. So I would put New Orleans out of the question. I think you see it in Seattle. The only reason I would say, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this because we do have another quarterback that may be on the market to get to, but I do think it's interesting that back in the Legion of Boom days, they were at a point choosing between Russell Wilson and the defense. And essentially, they chose Russell Wilson. They got rid of Richard Sherman. Cam Chancellor was gone. Earl Thomas, see you later. Well, only because he gave Pete Carroll the bird. But still, they basically told everybody, we're choosing the franchise quarterback over the defense, which, duh, anyone would do. 
But I just find it interesting now that if you want to trade, only a few years ago, Seattle basically said, here are the keys to the car. You're driving. So I find that interesting. But let's get to another quarterback on the trade market, Deshaun Watson. News broke today that he met with his new head coach and essentially said, I'm never playing for the Texans again. Not totally surprising, but apparently he's doubled down now on he's never playing for Houston again. So, Dustin, I'll actually start with you on this one. Surprise, not surprised? Because personally, I'm not surprised. No, nope, I'm with you on that. <laughs> not surprised at all. I mean, honestly, people are acting like Houston's in power right now, and Houston does not have the upper hand on this situation at all. I mean, he's got his guaranteed money. He's got a no-trade clause, so he can pick where he wants to go. It Either they're wasting a ton of cap space on him or they're trying to get some value out of him. So it, it's going to either end up they're taking the hit and not having a quarterback or they're going to get some value out of him and get some picks and hopefully rebuild because right now they, they have to rebuild. They're not a good team right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised either. And, um, you know, I, I think that Deshaun Watson was always too good for that franchise. Um, it's another one of those really poorly run franchises who's, you know, dra- had their luck in drafting a few good players, but, you know, overall hasn't really accomplished much. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that a talent like him would want to leave in a situation where he's been just really brutally, you know, uh, brutally treated and handled as far as the organization has been. Now, where do you guys think he's going to end up, Alex? Where do you think that he's going to end up? My gut. I have it narrowed down in my head. I have it down to two teams. I have Miami and Carolina. I think that Miami probably has the best package because they can send granted unproven, but a potential franchise quarterback in Tua, they could send him to Houston. And the reports came out there that they were looking for a defensive player. So, you know, what name defensive player X, because at this point I listen to a lot of Miami radio as a Miami heat fan. So I like to listen to the local stuff. And they talk a lot about Tua. They don't know if he's any good. I don't think anybody does. No one saw anything impressive where you're like, wow, Tua is the man. We're set for the next 15 years. I don't think anyone has seen that. We all kind of assume because in Alabama, he was one of the most legendary college quarterbacks that we ever saw. He came into a national championship game after Jalen Hurts got benched and essentially won him the game. So I think there's potential with Tua. So I think that would be intriguing to Houston. Plus, all the picks and whatever else Houston may want. But I think Carolina too, from what I understand, their owner is very aggressive. I They have weapons, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, if they bring them back, that is, Robbie Anderson. They got McCaffrey, obviously. They have weapons. So I think either of those two places would be the best fit. But, and I also think those are going to be the two most aggressive. I personally think Miami is going for it I'll listen to all those guys down south they're already in on Aaron Jones so if they get hypothetically say they trade for Deshaun Watson and they get Aaron Jones and then draft a receiver or go bring in a receiver or whatever they choose to do just with those three pieces alone that team is really really good so I'd be interested to see if Miami can swing it uh Dustin do you have any destinations that you're kind of leaning towards yeah, I agree with you with Carolina, but I've had three teams, and obviously um, Carolina, I think, with him being close because he went to Clemson, I think that's a good fit. He wants to be there. Or the other two, 
I might be surprised some people, but Chicago and New York in the Jets, not the Giants, the Jets. I know, as far as I know, him and the head coach of the Jets, who was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers, have a really good relationship. The Jets are kind of in the rebuild phase, not really. It's, it's a confusing part where, I mean, Deshaun Watson wants to go somewhere, but the Jets still have a lot of value to their team. They can trade away some picks. I mean, they're probably not – they probably would give away a couple picks for them. And then Chicago needs a quarterback bad. I mean, they need a quarterback really bad. Obviously, Trubisky. You're not a Trubisky truther? Uh, I mean, have you seen the guy? Have you seen the man throw? (laughs) He's pretty much Jay Cutler 2.0, but except a little different looking, a little funnier looking. Truth be told, I'd take Jay Cutler, but continue. (laughs) Yeah, at least he he completes passes to someone else other than his team. (laughs) But I think Chicago would be a good fit. I mean, I personally would hate to see it as a Packer fan, but I could end up seeing it happen. What about you, Alec? What do you think? Well, I think that there's about zero chance that he ends up a Jet. I really don't think so. I mean, he can have those connections with the coaching staff and all that, and I totally get that. But, I mean, a player of that caliber who's done nothing but really lose throughout his career, he wants to go somewhere and win. I think he can do that in Carolina. I'm not sure if that would necessarily be a great fit for him either, you know, just because he just because it, it feels like Carolina doesn't really give their quarterbacks a chance to shine. It feels like as soon as they start to kind of show a little bit of of um, it's almost like the it's almost like they have a trust issue with their quarterbacks. Cam Newton starts to slowly decline. They get rid of him. They bring in Bridgewater. Bridgewater does all right with their star running back gone and behind a not so great offensive line. They get rid of him. You know, it's I I feel like he wants to go somewhere where there's a little bit more stability. Is there any chance of him maybe going to Atlanta? I don't know. I feel like that's something that nobody's really talked about. Is there a potential scenario where they're willing to give up Matt Ryan, move on from Matt Ryan and and bring in the young stud? I mean, realistically, I don't think it's too far outside of the realm of possibilities. And that Falcons team, while it hasn't been great, has some really great pieces. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if I was Deshaun Watson, I would think about maybe trying to swing something with the Falcons. That's actually for as a avid fantasy football advocate, that would be so much fun. Give me all the Falcon stock ever. I don't yeah. know that they have the pieces to compete with Carolina and Miami or even the Jets. Although I did hear earlier today that the Jets were out because Deshaun thinks that what the Jets would have to give up would kind of take away from the value of going to the Jets now. So I don't think the Jets are in the cards, but maybe. You never know. Maybe they just do it and are just going to say, Deshaun, this is what it is. We want you here. We'll figure it out as we go. Okay, great. But Atlanta would be fun because the more I think about it, Julio, Calvin Ridley, whatever tight end that they can turn into an all-pro, a.k.a. (laughs) Austin Hooper, who went to Cleveland and disappeared. I mean – and running backs, they normally can figure out a running back like Hill. I know I had him on my fantasy team. I can't remember his first name, but Hill from Atlanta was on my fantasy team at least four times last year. They always have running backs that they can weave in and out. So that would be fun. I still think 
the package. And one team we haven't mentioned before we move on here, the 49ers. I am so scared of what they can do this offseason. If you put Deshaun Watson with the weapons in San Francisco plus Kyle Shanahan plus a really good defense, I mean, I hate to say it, but if the Packers have any chance, they might have to go back to San Francisco. And We all know how that goes in the last decade plus. So let's move on to someone who we've been talking about for three weeks now, but it seems like three years. This week's edition of J.J. Watch. Uh, John Clayton of ESPN came out yesterday with a report saying there are three teams that J.J. Watt has at the top of his list. They're not finalists, not finalists, but they're his top three choices. And those are the Buffalo Bills, the Tennessee Titans, and you guessed it, his home state Green Bay Packers. So one thing I wanted to throw at you guys, I was listening to an interview with former executive for the Packers, Andrew Brandt. He worked under Ted Thompson did an interview with the Locked On Packers podcast. It was a really good interview. He basically said that, yes, they're over the cap. But they can really, essentially, they could be as far over the cap as they want. They just have to get under by the new league year. So if they went out tomorrow and said, here, here you go, JJ, here's two years for, let's say, $35 million. That's what Calais Campbell got. That seems to be kind of what people are thinking he might be valued at. So two years, 30 to 35 million. Okay, great. Well, that still puts Packers way up above the cap. Technically, it does not matter as long as they get under the cap by the time the new league year starts. So you can sign whoever you want, do whatever you want, and that money can always be deferred until later. So really – in theory, according to Andrew Brandt, if you sign J.J. Watt today, right now, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, if he signs, that's fine. And you can always defer money and you can always do what they did with Bakhtiari, what they're probably going to do with Rodgers, or you can extend, extend Devontae Adams and you can move money around and make it work. Because in his words, there's always money in the banana stand. You can always find money around and make it work. But then it affects your ability to spend later. So I want to get your guys' opinion on this. A, do you think Green Bay is a legit top three spot? Do you think they're actually in it or are they a leverage play? Because we've seen this before with Green Bay. They're quote-unquote in talks, but then they're never in the actual finalist group for a lot of these guys outside of, you know, Charles Woodson, Sedarius Smith, Preston Smith, all those guys who ended up coming here but we've also whiffed on a lot of guys too. So my question to you guys, and Alec, I'll start with you. Do you think that Green Bay is actually in on this? And also, in a broader sense, is this the year you think Green Bay should, not will they, should go all in? Because for me, I think this might be their last really great punch with the team and the core that they have with Aaron Rodgers, I think this is their last this year and maybe next year. But I'm assuming that Jordan Love is going to be in – he's going to be in the mix. Not this year, but next year the year after. I think Love is coming. So do you think it's worth it to go all in for this year? Because I do. Yeah, I think that if I'm the Packers, I'm trying to jump on this as fast as Dustin jumps on Cheesecake. You know, I, I think that we need to go after them. We need to be aggressive. And I think we can borrow into those next few years because 
Um, you know, it, it's 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 all about winning right now. Who knows how long Rodgers is going to be able to keep playing at this level or how long we're going to even allow him to continue to play for us. I think if we want to win now, it's what we need to do. It may not be the mo- the prettiest thing for the accountant, but guess what, baby? We need it. Yep, totally 100% on board with that. And obviously, like Al said, you can always find money anywhere. They can. I've heard all sorts of stories about them pulling money from future years to bring into this year to be able to handle the cap for new players. You can obviously restructure contracts, but you got to get a guy like this, especially with a few years, like you guys said, to have left with Rodgers to win. We don't know how many years he's got left, especially in the franchise. We got to take an opportunity to get an edge rusher in order to solidify that defense. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but what Reggie White did for the Packers when they won the Super Bowl, it was such it was such a mentality thing and a morale thing for the whole defense that it just boosted them and helped them through the playoffs. It just, yeah, like Alex said, we got to have them. Yeah, and at, at this point, look, my sports teams that I root for are weird. I'm a Cub fan, I'm a Heat fan, and I'm a Packer fan. Obviously, that's why I'm here. When the Cubs were rebuilding in 2012, they didn't have a shot. They didn't have anybody. I could list, and some of you that are listening might not even care about baseball, but they had guys that should have not even been in the major leagues. They were just awful. They were throwing out garbage after garbage after garbage. And then in 2015, 2016, they got really good. They signed John Lester. Okay, the window's open. Okay, we'll sign an all-star pitcher. Okay, trade deadline 2016. We're there. We need one more piece. They went out and they signed and traded for Aroldis Chapman, who's the be- at that time one of the best closers in baseball. The Packers, one of the things that frustrates me about rooting for this team is they've had a window since Favre started. This has been 20-plus years now. You have this incredible window and have been extremely lucky to essentially luck into Aaron Rodgers to bridge from Brett Favre, Hall of Famer, to Aaron Rodgers, it's pretty incredible. But to only have two Super Bowls out of this 20, 25-year window, I think is a disappointment. This You have a shot right now. This is the time. If you don't, you're saving for the future. What, what good is the future? Half these guys are going to be off the roster anyway. And I understand you want to be able to pay Jair when he comes up after next year or the year after. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Darnell Savage is coming up. He's He's going to want money. You're probably going to want to pay him. You're not going to be able to pay all these guys. So right now is your window. If you want to win, go get the guys that are going to help you win. JJ, great. You can draft a couple safeties and corners to kind of help in the secondary and get someone for cheap that we've talked about for the last three weeks. You have options, but you're running out of time. This is the time, and who knows? Maybe Jordan Love is going to be another potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Nobody knows. But this is the time. You know what you have. You have this core. And quite honestly, you owe it to Rodgers to get him a second one. And you owe this city another title. You've had 25 years of great quarterbacking. And to come out with two Super Bowls is pretty, I wouldn't say pathetic or embarrassing even. But it's definitely disappointing. But speaking of drafting Jordan Love, we have a fun segment for you guys today. We're going to do our very first redraftables. We're going to look at last year's draft, go over who they actually picked for the first three rounds. We're not doing the whole draft because, let's be honest, none of y'all care about round five, round six, or round seven. 
Nobody does. That's why they put it on day three and they bury it behind NASCAR races. Nobody cares. So we're going to go round by round for three rounds. Going to go over who the Packers drafted. If we are okay with that pick, then we will say we're okay with the pick. That's who they should have taken. Or we're going to have the option to pick someone else. This is all hypothetical. Obviously, we're not reporting that any of these guys are coming to Green Bay. But let's start round one. Last year, round one, we all know they traded up five spots to draft quarterback of the future, Jordan Love. Didn't play a single game, was not active, and there was no preseason, so we didn't even actually see him on a football field since his college days. So I'll start with my pick. If I were drafting, looking back, and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, my first-round pick, Antoine Winfield Jr. We saw the impact that he had in the Super Bowl for Tampa Bay, and he really would be such a perfect fit. And last year, he would have been able to play alongside Kevin King and Jair Alexander. You could move him in the slot. He could be your nickel back. He could be your dime back. He could be a backup safety. He's very versatile. I would have picked Antoine Winfield Jr. Junior, what do y'all think? Um, I think that's an interesting pick. I mean, obviously, he would fit the system, and he was a very obviously good player for the Buccaneers. But you guys are gonna hate me, but I would stick with Jordan Love. I think that was a good pick. Obviously, we haven't seen him play yet in the NFL, but give him time. Look at what we said about Rodgers when he came in the league. We're all like, oh, you know, he sucks. Oh, he's not any good. Brett Favre, forget about it. You got to give him time to progress. Hopefully, Rodgers helps him out down the line. But, I mean, I don't know if you guys seen it, but he has tons of arm talent. He has just as good arm talent as Patrick Mahomes. Dude has a cannon, can hit it on a dime wherever he wants. Tons of arm talent. You guys are looking at me like I'm stupid. But yeah, hold on, hold on. Hold I'm not looking at you like you're dumb. I don't want to make that assumption or anything. But did you just compare Jordan Love – to Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I did. Jordan Love hasn't played what? a snap in the NFL, Dustin. What you're doing right now is you're trying to hand me an onion and tell me it's an apple. Guess what? Onions ain't fruit, okay? Onions ain't fruit. That, that, that is blasphemous. <laughs> I'm not comparing them to the NFL, but the college catch from You guys are just losing your minds over this one little detail, okay? But what you guys forget was nobody knew who Patrick Mahomes was coming out of college. No one. Did did you think Patrick Mahomes would have been a Super Bowl champion MVP in his first three years? Did you well, think he would have been? I just want to clarify. We're not objecting to the Jordan Love thing. And quite honestly, yeah, I would have picked Winfield Jr. But I'm, I've come to terms with the Love thing. I'm on board. Let's go. I'm ready. Do you, do you love it, it was the comparison – to the greatest quarterback of today's generation that I object to. <laughs> That's listen, where I listen. think you might be off your rocker. Yeah. No, I think I think you got to cool your jets a little bit on love. Now, listen, I would never wish for the future captain of our ship to steer that ship into an iceberg and let the ship sink. Okay. But I think that drafting Jordan Love moving up to draft him at spot 26, why not move up to spot 24 and snatch up Brandon Ayuk? Now, everybody's so high on Justin Jefferson, and for good reason. Justin Jefferson looks like a great wide receiver, great young talent, and quite honestly, he may end up being, you know, 
a top 10 receiver in the league in the coming years. But when you look at what Brandon Ayuk did with a revolving door at quarterback this year in his rookie season, I feel like if you paired him up with Devante and you had Alan Lazard and MBS out there with big Bob Tunyon and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and, and Aaron Rodgers just slinging the rock and dishing that thing down the field. I feel like we'd be a lot happier the day after the Super Bowl boys. I feel like we would have had a, a real shot at, at getting there and winning. Probably. And quite honestly, I'm, I've been team wide receiver. I remember going to work on Friday after round one and just swearing in my car. Why did we take a quarterback? What, why God, why, what does this mean? I remember going through all the emotions and I'm team wide receiver. I just, it, obviously hindsight is always 2020. 20, as I have said, offense wasn't the problem. And really the defense played relatively well, but I think someone like Winfield Jr. would have had a bigger impact for last year as compared to, say, taking – well, actually, I'm Team Ayuk, too. If they were able to snag Ayuk, yeah, I'm all in. But I think defense was more of the problem than offense. So let's move to round two now. Round two, Green Bay selected – A.J. Dillon, running back out of Boston College. This past year, he battled COVID. He battled injuries. He only played in 11 11 games, totaled 46 carries, 242 yards and two touchdowns. But most of that came in his first and only start of the year against Tennessee during what was one of the coolest games to watch on TV during all the snow and fun stuff. So in that game alone, he had 21 carries, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. A.J. Dillon, great pick. I'm not disputing A.J. Dillon. I'm a fan. I'm mesmerized by his thighs. They are swell AF. I'm all for the thigh master, A.J. Dillon. But at this point in the draft, the person I would have selected would have been Jeremy Chin, safety out of Southern Illinois. The impact that he had on that Carolina defense, he could play safety and linebacker. That's what they're looking for now, and they could have used him last year. I mean, I know that's two DBs, and good Lord, the Packers have drafted two defensive backs in a first and second round and how many drafts? Josh Jackson, Jair Alexander. But does it feels like they draft corners like crazy. But in this case – the impact that Jeremy Chin seemed to have on Carolina. In fact, there was one game he scored two touchdowns in like two minutes. It was insane. I think he's just an impact player. And at this point in the draft, he was still available. He went four picks after A.J. Dillon. I think the value for Jeremy Chin would have been a better pick. However, I'm not giving up on A.J. Dillon, as you'll see when we get to round three. But round two, I have Jeremy Chin. They actually took A.J. Dillon. Dustin, I will start with you for round two. You have? I'm sticking with A.J. Dillon. Also, on side note, I have no idea who that guy is that you talked about. So I can't really comment too much on that. Never <laughs> You're not a fan me. of Carolina Panthers football? And uh, truth be told, the only reason I really know about him is because I had the NFL red zone. That dude was all over. Anytime Carolina was on my TV screen on defense, 
he was in the play. It was crazy, but continue. Anyway, I still have no idea what it is, but I'm sticking with AJ Dillon. I thought it was a really good pick. And again, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna slaughter me for this hot take again, but I think he's a Derrick Henry 2.0. I really do. Whoa. He has oh my god, here we go. Oh my god. Anyway, it's he has every intangible of being a Derrick Henry S type player. I'm not saying he's gonna be Derrick Henry because he's not obviously Derrick Henry. What I'm saying is he has the power, explosiveness, speed. I think he has better looseness than Derrick Henry does, but he has all the intangibles to be a power running back that the Packer fans have died to see for years. I mean, I remember the last running back we had that was actually good. Aaron I mean, obviously Aaron Jones is like Aaron Jones is good. Obviously, obviously, that, I'm checking power back. Power back. I'm talking here. We can talk Eddie Lacy maybe, but then obviously you got a hold of cheeseburgers and that went <laughs> far truth, ways. Truth be told. I was watching A.J. Dillon highlights from this past year in preparation for the show today. He's got a little Eddie Lacy in him. Not the bulk, not the incredible bulk, as I call him, but he's got some Eddie Lacy in him from that season where he just all of a sudden broke out. And in my memory, I remember him. It was a Thursday night against Minnesota. It was a screen pass that he weaved through every single defender and it felt like every single coach on the sideline, he just weaves through everybody and he ended up scoring. I think AJ Dillon's more athletic than that, but he, that's a decent cop. I think he reminds me of Eddie Lacy, but then in the NFC championship game, I don't know if you remember this from this year, he carried a Tampa Bay defender like six yards on his back. It was one of the most crazy things I've ever seen. So I get the Derrick Henry thing, but I kind of get some Eddie Lacy vibes from him too. But Alec, what do you think? Who do you, are you cool with AJ Dillon, or otherwise, who else would you have picked if you were in the GM seat? Well, I thought when you brought up that that screen pass from Eddie Lacy, it reminded me of the long. It was like the longest screen pass ever. That may be the longest play in NFL history. Him weaving through. I don't know how his slow behind didn't get caught somewhere <laughs> down that sideline. But I feel like he was running that screen pass for like 45 straight minutes. Like he was just going. Um, but anyway, I really like the AJ Dillon pick, especially with our scenario that we're in this year where we're pro- where we're likely to lose at least Aaron Jones, if not him and Jamal. Um, I think that it was a really good future pick. Um, and I don't know about comparing him to Derrick Henry, because in Dustin's eyes, we not only have Derrick Henry 2.0, we also have Patrick Mahomes 2.0. Man, oh man, are we going to be looking good in a year? Or, or are you guys going to be sad when they actually do end up being like that? And you were <laughs> here first. For the record, we both hope you're right. We yeah, hope we right. have two All-Pros. We're not disagreeing with you. We're just saying we haven't seen – well, we've seen A.J. Dillon. We haven't seen Jordan Love's cleat actually hit – the turf, and yet he's Patrick Mahomes. Well, you're yeah. coming at from my manhood. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. We kick names and we take ass around here. What he said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would have stuck with AJ in round two, though. I think he's great. So round three, Josiah DeGuara was the pick, tight end out of Cincinnati. He only played two games. Only contributed one catch for 12 yards. 
So he didn't make much of an impact. He was hurt for most of the year. I believe that A.J. Dillon would have made it to them in round three. And if not, they could have traded up a spot or two to get him. So my round three pick in this redraftable exercise, I think A.J. Dillon would be the pick in round three. Gentlemen, round three, Josiah DeGuara or someone else? I I like DeGuara. I think he was a good pick. Obviously, he was out for the whole year because I think he tore his ACL. I know it was something with his knee. He did, which, I mean, that was a bummer. He was our pretty much our fullback for the year. He was a slash tight end fullback. He was, honestly, he was a good blocker. He could run out, catch passes, work downfield. I mean, he was kind of what we needed at the fullback position. Obviously, we worked with Rukowski for a couple of years, which I did like Rukowski, but it just now in today's NFL, it's so hard to have a legit fullback in your system because it's, just, it's a waste of a guy. You can't put him anywhere else, so... Having him there being kind of a flex guy between tight end and fullback, a really good idea. And I think that he fit every intangible to be on the Packers team. It just, he's got to stay healthy. If I'm the Packers round three there, I'm trading back in the draft. I'm getting more picks later on in the draft. I'm getting a couple fourths, maybe an extra fifth. Um, and I'm going to be loading up, trying to build depth on the offensive and defensive line. Um, I don't think DeGuar is necessarily a terrible pick. Um, I don't know much about him. I haven't seen him play much. Um, but, you know, I have heard that in college that he was kind of a uh, – he was a, a very physical player, and he had a bit of speed to him. And, I mean, if we're trying to find kind of that hybrid tight end or that hybrid fullback that can play like a tight end catching passes out of the backfield, then sure, I think that, that that would be great to our offense, but I just haven't seen anything from him. So what I'm doing, for the, if I'm the Packers, is I'm trading back to add depth on the offensive and defensive lines. I agree with you, and actually I was doing this exercise, and between round the end of round three, round four, and round five, I seriously debated if Quintez Cephas, who was a fifth-round receiver, I debated putting him in this spot, and I could not – bring myself to do it, which is why I cheated and put A.J. Dill in there. But also, you said you didn't know anything about Josiah DeGuara. I just want to do my Dustin impersonation for just a second, if you'll humor me. Well, you know who else went to Cincinnati was a tight end? Travis Kelsey. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that Josiah DeGuara is probably the next Travis Kelsey. Was that pretty accurate? Or No, that sounds <laughs> just like it. Like, I feel like it's that Spider-Man meme right now, that like, who's who? Spider-Man? That's what I'm feeling right now. I actually have to apologize. It sounded more like Batman than Dustin. <laughs> you must have dressed up in black and take your big old Batmobile up to the town fighting some crime out. <laughs> right, you're gonna do my inter- interpretation. Do it right. It's, it's not Travis Kelsey. I would compare him to Tony Gonzalez. Okay, Grace of all time. He's been, he's been <laughs> we don't talk politics on the show, but it was pretty good. Trump. Uh, oh my gosh! So fake news. <laughs> what's not fake news is that we are just about done here today. But we came up with a fun segment that may or may not return. We have no idea how this is going to go. We each have a fun random Packer of the day. Any Packer, any year, random names that either make us smile or laugh because they were just a funny name or they're just memorable because they're memorable. 
I'll start the bidding with Sam Congato. I don't remember much. I remember he had about six weeks where he was unstoppable. And the name Sam Congato, who's now a doctor doing the Lord's work, by the way. So God bless him. This name Sam Congato just makes me smile. Alec, random packer of the day, who you got? Uh, I just want to remind everybody of one of my least favorite Packers of all time, Ladarius Gunter, who we matched up against Julio Jones in the NFC Championship game a few years back. Guys, Gunter shouldn't have been on an NFL squad. He shouldn't have even made a practice squad. This dude was garbage, and we had him going up against a generational talent. How many yards did, did Jones acquire on that day? He he stole that show. Like, I'm on I think it. that was I'm- a game that he was on. Look it up. I think he was close to 300 yards that game. I'm not joking. I'm pretty so that sure. Was, was that was the 2016 NFC Championship, correct? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. How many yards did Gunter well, just say? Here you go. He didn't quite have 300, but he ended up with nine catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. So not a small day. A little, little off, but still. <laughs> you get the picture. Gunter shouldn't have been in the NFL. Justin, who do you got? I'm going to say Devon House. I don't know why. It was just always a funny name. Every time, I hope he picked it off, and I am I just want to say, take it to the house, house. I don't always, I thought that was funny, but, you know, I'm also a child, so. <laughs> Did he even have a touchdown in any of it in his career, if he still no, did? I'm looking it up right now, and I can report with 100% certainty, Devon House has never scored a touchdown in his pro career. Well, I, mean, I can always dream, right? <laughs> That's a shame. The dang shame. I truth be told, this is actually shocking about Devon House. He only in his entire career, in eight years, he only had seven interceptions. I feel like it was more than that. But pro football reference is telling me he had this is the craziest thing. He played six years in Green Bay, only had three picks. He played two years in Jacksonville, had four. That blows my mind. He's no Ladarius Gunter, that's for sure. This is why you come (laughs) to the lockdown corner for wonderful mid-2000s Packer cornerback information like Devon House and Ladarius Gunter. This is why the people are here to talk (laughs) old cornerbacks and a running back who had six weeks of fame in 2005. This is – I don't know if this segment's coming back. This was pretty brutal, (laughs) but I enjoyed it. So maybe, maybe we'll keep it around. I don't know. We'll let the people of the Lockdown Nation decide. But anyway, everybody listening, thank you for listening to all of our nonsense today. That's going to do it for us. Please rate, subscribe, and review. If you want more information on mid-2000s Packers cornerbacks, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter, you can find us at Corner Lockdown. So once again, in all seriousness, Wherever you are, however you may be listening, thank you for making us a part of your day. We'll be back next week with more antics and shenanigans and hopefully analysis about big moves. And we continue next week, hopefully, with J.J. Watt. And hopefully, actually, truth be told, hopefully J.J. Watt is over and he's a Green Bay Packer. If he's got it narrowed down to three, hopefully it's coming. But we will talk about that and all the more information that comes in next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Pack Go.